No matter how well the first date goes, I never get my hopes up. It all goes downhill after she sees my micro penis. What the hell is going on here? Nothing, baby penis. <laughs> Uh, yes, I did say small penis many times because that is, in fact, something that turns men on that have a small penis. A cowboy hat means I'm ashamed of my small penis. Why is it so small? Hi, it's so freaking small. Bitch, get out. My name is Lex Jurgen. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. Much like Lonzo Ball, Matt's father launched a basketball lifestyle line around Matt. It was called Spastic. It never did so well. But the Ralston family was praised for their honesty. Spastic sounds a lot cooler than Big Baller, by you the way. So? Yeah. Did you see LeVar Ball in uh, WWE the other night, by the way? Yeah. He's, he's becoming so ridiculous that I'm almost starting to like it. I am very close to the same situation where I see that he is a guy who's going to make himself a lot of money for doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. And I kind of respect that a, a dad, like a 50-year-old dad is doing that only because he doesn't seem to have any other appreciable skills. And he's in this Kardashian era, he's found that you only need one skill, which is to be ridiculous, outlandish and ridiculous. But and just yeah. never and never never ease up on it. Well, that's I mean that's the problem is that he's going to have a reality show at some point, and that's gonna that's gonna really affect his kids' basketball careers because once you go on a reality show, frankly, there's there's no coming back. You, you don't become a productive anything at, at that point. No, but his kids are Alonzo's going to lock into five fifty million dollars in salary. He'll be fine, even if he's a also ran kind of player a few years from now. And by the way, I think he's going to be pretty good. But if he does start to fade early, and you, you still make so much fucking, you make so much money in basketball. How much money do you really need? I think Ball, the dad, is like figuring how do I make money, right? Yeah, the kids are going to make money, and I don't want to be like, he doesn't want to look at this. Compare him to Kobe's dad, who just stole the money basically, <laughs> who just made Cody, Kobe give him money for going away. Ball is actually like at least building up a semi-legitimate outlet for to make money off his kids. So he's more like Chris Jenner than he is like Kobe's dad. Yeah, that's a good analogy. He's. You know, he's done all these publicity stunts, and he's, he's obviously not slowing down. Now, there's going to be a sex tape is what I'm saying. <laughs> there's going to be a sex tape and reality show and, and all <laughs> But this. his kids were like when LaMelo, LaMelo, who's 16, was dropping M-bombs at the, at the wrestling match. It was oh, like, yeah. oh, this is horrible. You know, hor-. I'm like, well, eh, you know, whatever. He'll get, he'll, get, he'll, get, he'll get through it. You can't. There's nothing you can say or do in public anymore that's going to hurt your reality show ratings or your, your fame score. Yeah. So there's nothing you can, literally nothing you can do that's going to hurt. It only helps it. I think he I think he has tapped into that and sort of like I don't know why as a black guy I kind of feel like I kind of praise him a little bit for that. Yeah, he's reached a level where the the more ridiculous he is, like he he just can't he's not going to go away. So no, he's never going it's, away. It's almost like you just want to see how how bad it can get. He's got two more kids coming up in the next 3 years going you know maybe going to the NBA. He's going to be around for this guy's going to be around for a while. So, he's going to have a t- he's by the way, he's already more talented than Steve Harvey. So he's going to have his fun funnier. He's going to have a talk. He's going to have a talk way show. funnier than yes, Steve Harvey. Is. This week's show is sponsored by Kate Beckinsale, fucking a college-age kid to get revenge on her ex-husband. Going less than half your age is a total gross man move, but you pull it off with dignity. Kate Beckinsale, fucking a college-age kid to get revenge on her ex-husband. It only seems gross because you're not the college-age kid fucking her. So How Matt, old is she? She's 43. That's not bad. Not bad. He's 21, and he looks like he's about 14. I mean, literally, I'm not joking. I'm joking. He looks, this kid, she's having, I mean, she's clearly having sex with now. She's taken out around town. 
He's a 21-year-old guy. He was on Nick Cannon's MTV show a few years ago, which allows him to list himself as an actor and comedian. Oh, so he's like a weird like Nickelodeon twink type of guy? Yeah, but he's he's completely ripped. He does a lot of Instagrams of himself topless. He looks like he's roided out. Mm-hmm. But he also looks like a he looks like a he looks like a 15-year-old roided out kid from high school who guy who's kind of like emotional state is all over the place, like who's like laughing one minute and threatening to kill people the next minute. <laughs> you remember those guys in high school? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a guy who's like was skinny and then all of a sudden like over one summer put on 60 pounds of muscle and then all of a sudden was also very violent at times. Yeah, the guy has two beers and he starts slamming his head into the hood of a car. <laughs> yes. You're like, fuck. Yeah, no, that's what Stay he looks away like. From the skin. But his picture, I mean, literally in his pictures, he looks like he's about 14 or 15 years old, which is odd. And then, so they have to put out this obligatory Kate Beckinsale's PR team. Clearly, she's fucking the guy to get back at her ex husband. Ex- they split up, and then her ex husband started dating a chick who looked just like her, but 15 years younger. You know, a little power move, a little power revenge move. Yeah. So she went out and found a kid who was so fucking young. It's kind of a jab. It's not a knockout punch. No, the knockout blow was her going for the kid. Less. Would you have, let me ask you this, assuming it was 18 and above, would you have sex with a girl, a woman, who is less than half your age? Um, let's see. Yeah, definitely. Really? So if you were 43. Is that a trick question? You were 43. You would have, not to have sex with, but as your girlfriend. You, if you were 43, you'd be all cool with a 21-year-old girlfriend? I'd be fine with it. I don't know if like people in the restaurant would be all that cool with it, but yeah. At least you don't find it a little cre- a little creepy. I'd just dress her up in Disneyland clothes, pretend she's my niece or something. Because I want to I want to kick this double standard. People can say like, "Oh, men have been doing this all along, and you guys think it's fine." And when women do it, somehow it's gross. I think it's kind of gross when men do it too. Not the fucking part in private. I think that's fine. But the actual like, this is my girlfriend, and like you look like her dad. I always found that kind of weird. I think Brian has some kind of insider. You know, being all analytical and stuff. Like, 18 times 2 is 36. So, I guess if you're 36 or older, then legally you could answer yes to that question. Oh, yeah. No, I don't think Matt's in the position to right now. Although, in the state of Alaska, you know, (laughs) the age of consent is how many bearskins do you own? West Virginia. Well, I heard there was a rule that I actually thought made sense for, for just social acceptance, which is half your age plus six. I mean, that's at least more acceptable than less than half your age. I don't. I don't. Like, good. All, all the power to the kid. He's going to get some work. He's going to get some jobs out of this, and he's fucking a hot forty-three-year-old, which isn't such a such a shame. Well, maybe her husband never fucked her, right? And she's like, I just need this young dick. I need this guy that can just fuck seven times a day. Yeah, but she probably could have found this. Why are you shaking your head, Brian? <laughs> you could. Brian was just picturing that guy's that, dog. Never going to be you, and that wasn't that wasn't you. Uh, but she, like, she could find a guy in his 30s, early 30s, something like that. Clearly going for a 21-year-old. Then the, so the, PR, the worst part is the PR team has to put out, like, they're very much in love. Her whole family really thinks he's a great guy and really fantastic for her. And also like that. Now, this is something, by the way, this is a double standard. Because when guys start, older guys start fucking young girls in Hollywood, no one ever comes out with that quote. Oh, everyone, his family loves her. They think she's yeah. great for him. And, you know, it's like you have to just, they have to justify it in some ways. And by the way. No one in your family thinks it's a great idea what you're doing. Yeah, why do PR people just say the opposite of what everyone thinks, and that and that's supposed to hold some kind of water? Like, yeah, everyone thinks it's weird. Do they? Do they? Are they frightened by? It? Are they going to defriend you? No, but they're all talking about the fact that it's weird. Yes, and they're all talking about the fact that it's clearly a revenge on your husband. There's no, there's just no way. There's no way to look at it any other way. Uh, if you wish to contact the show, he's such a goofy. Well, sometimes person. when you break up. Uh, especially a woman, a woman will just fuck the first guy that talks to her. Like maybe he was, uh, you know, doing her pool or something. Uh, he looks like the he looks like the bad guy from the Karate Kid, uh, <laughs> and, and about the same age. No, I think I, you and I have talked about this before in terms of revenge on your ex. Mm-hmm. 
there is only one great revenge, which is fucking somebody who makes them really mad. <laughs> that is fucking never, one of their friends. Is fucking it? one of their friends, uh, you know, a, a close relative, you know, a brother, a, a former <laughs> ex, whatever, anybody who's going to piss them off. Mm-hmm. In the case of an older, mar- slightly older married couple, it's probably someone half your age, you know, much younger. Yeah. And we, there's no, there's, there's no better form of revenge than that. And it's really crass and really gross. But it really, there's never been anything invented that works better. Maybe there's an inside story here in that her husband, maybe they were channel surfing and that guy came on and he's and her husband's like, that's the most annoying fucking asshole I've ever seen in my life. Like, like And maybe they just had conference. She's like, why are you so obsessed with whatever this guy's name? And he's like, I don't know. I just think he's annoying. And then she's like, tracked him down and fucked him. <laughs> Uh, she's British. Who knows what those people are up to? <laughs> if you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter at Last Man Podcast or on Facebook, also Last Man Podcast. All right, on to the show. Uh, Matt, I know you've never seen a Shonda Rhimes show because I had to tell you who Shonda Rhimes was before the show. Uh, she's actually one of the most successful TV showrunners in Hollywood today. She did uh, Grey's Anatomy, which is, by the way, I've just discovered from looking at Wikipedia, is still on. Oh, that, that is an absolutely horrible show. I watched about 90 seconds of it one time and wanted to fucking vomit. McLusty or whatever the fuck McDreamy. it is. There's McDreamy. a character named McDreamy. <laughs> That's know. all you need to know. <laughs> it's been on for like 15 years now, 16 years. It's, I, it's a sh- kind of show that as a guy you only ever see accidentally on an airplane. When, like, when there's yeah. this, like when you're flipping through the channels on the airplane. And, uh, but she did that when she was in her early 30s. And then she did this show, uh, Scandal, now with Kerry Washington. She did... They got spinoffs and Grey's Anatomy. So like, she's a very successful, very financially well-rewarded woman. But, Matt, let me tell you, she used to be heavier than she is now. In fact, she was 150 pounds heavier. Whoa. Yes, that's a lot. That's like a whole Brian. <laughs> so she had, she had a whole extra Brian there. And so she complained this week because every woman in Hollywood and every guy, for the most part, needs a victim story. By the way, what's your, what's your victim story? Do you have a victim story? Um, You're yeah, a white guy. Yeah. You don't really qualify, but... I had to uh, walk to and from the Blockbuster video in the 50 below weather to, yeah. get, to get movies. Yeah, yeah, that's not that's not a good one. When I was younger. Why don't you go with Dak Shepard? Dak Shepard had a, a college-age boy stick his hand down his pants when he was eight on the block. That seemed to go, that seemed to go over well. Uh, I don't know. I haven't had the easiest <laughs> life. I think I was food insecure at some point, uh, subsisting on pretzel sandwiches. Ever bulimic or anorexic? No. Nah, that's not going to work. Eating disorders, eating disorders for, for, for tall white guys just doesn't go over so well. <laughs> so Shonda Rhimes uh, decided, spun the roulette wheel of victimization and decided that when she was much fatter than she is now, people never took her seriously as a person. People didn't see her as a person. They saw her as invisible, which is kind of ironic because she was three times the size that she could fit through the doorway. And also ironic in that she was really successful, so that's obviously not the case. If she was invisible, she wouldn't be running all these shows she meant on a that's true but she meant on a social level when she was at a social gathering or talking to people it seems like it felt like they were like looking away from her oh that i believe yeah i do too isn't it weird there's a reverse gravitational effect with large people which is where it's also people with disfigurements or people with anything that is out of the ordinary where you just have to look you don't try not to look at them yeah, you, you just feel you'll get pulled in by the sadness. The disfigurements, I, don't, I mean, you don't want to look right at the guy with the ears been ripped off by the bear, but, uh, you know, at least he, he He's didn't got a do story. that to himself. He's yeah. got a cool story. Yeah, and he could, you know, he could buy a new ear, theoretically. Yeah. I, got, I got attacked by a bear. It's a cooler story than I ate Haagen-Dazs way too much for like 15 years. Exactly. <laughs> it's just not uncontrollably at 3 a.m., that's a, that's a totally different story. Uh, but here's the thing. So her story is that she, she, she felt like until she lost her weight, she wasn't treated. Men didn't talk to her. 
and people didn't take her seriously, and they they tried to like kind of avoid her, and she wasn't a real person. Isn't that exactly what's supposed to happen when you're that heavy, abnormally large, especially in an industry that's so superficial as Hollywood? Yeah, it seems that her revelation was she got more attention from men after losing 150 pounds, yes. which I certainly believe and, and we all know is true. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't get where the complaint comes in or, or where this. Well, is. also that people took her didn't take, I mean, didn't take her seriously as a person while she when she was heavy. But isn't that also just a byproduct of nature or the way we sort of like profile people, which is like when you see a huge obese person, you kind of think. They're not a serious person, right? Yeah, I mean, if you weigh 500 pounds, I don't take you seriously as a person. Yeah. <laughs> because, uh, you know, you are you don't deserve to be because what you're doing is is you can't even walk. No. Uh, it, if, a, she had, if she had been an alcoholic and she said people didn't take me seriously when I was an alcoholic, we'd all go, yeah, of course not. But she her drug was right, food. Right, you were falling down drunk. Yeah, but her drug was food and she overindulged in that and people didn't take her seriously. I, by the way, I think a lot of it's subconscious. I don't think people are going like, She's fat. I don't respect fat. Therefore, I'm not going to look at her. It's more just an animal nature way of responding. Yeah, you're to like, there's something wrong with this person. Uh, you know, they uh, they're not going to help me. I, I don't want to be in their pack in their tribe because whatever the fuck it is they're doing in their home behind the the curtains, yes, is is bizarre. Yes, because people don't naturally weigh. Uh, I, I don't know how much she weighs or weighed, but. It's just not. It's not normal. So whatever it is you're doing, I don't even want to know. I don't want to be in that world. No, it's like the kid who was like could not do one pull up in gym class in middle school. Everyone just kind of kind of moved away from that kid. There's just something like there's some animal instinct to to people. You know, you know, animals in your pack that are outside the norm. Yeah. To kind of want to like leave them behind for the lions, right? To just like go like yeah, yeah. You know, we're gonna like there's compa- You have compassion, maybe it's sympathy. But you don't feel like a need to like have them around all the time, and I think that's the effect she was feeling. And so I don't understand. That. I mean, yes, there is a victimization to being fat, to being obese. I suppose you are more likely to be a victim of these kinds of things. But it's really self It's really self imposed. Yeah, because by the way, if you weren't doing something bizarre, how'd you lose 150 pounds? Right. Just by not doing that anymore, like. Yeah, it's, it's the alcoholic analogy. Is good. There was this guy on Good Morning America a while ago that was blue. He just took these, like, uh, nickel supplements or something because he was a weirdo. That was, like, into the pseudoscience. This guy was just blue. Nice. Like, he's the color of, like, a blue bowling ball. And uh, That was his hook? <laughs> Not a bad hook. Well, I think his family was like, you got to stop being blue, you know? This oh, it was is- like an addiction, you mean? Well... Yeah, I guess he just thought being blue was worth taking the supplements, which had no scientific uh, value to them. Um, He's going to get into clubs. You can't get into that. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I just—it's the same with the face tattoo. Like, what, so I'm supposed to not look at something that's way out of the ordinary. And, and by the way, like, I'm compassionate. I'm not going to treat a fat person like they're a piece of garbage. No, you're not going to wind up and punch her in the gut and start laughing. No, but, but you may not want her on your on your fucking like you know 4K race team. I mean, I'm just uneasy about whatever self inflicted thing you're doing. It's you know you kind of need help. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's it's unhealthy. People are not attracted to to unhealthiness. By the way, and like I don't go into hospitals. I've never been admitted to a hospital if I have to go to visit someone or for some reason. I'm really uncomfortable. People are turned off by sickness because they're afraid of their own mortality. 
Yes. You know? Yeah, I agree with that. Also makes you want to skip the, all the junk food you were thinking about having when you see a heavy person <laughs> like that. And it just It's like the, when they're putting calories now on the calorie counts on the fast food places. Right. It just ruins the whole fun. So you also you just feel awkward around a fat person. Like, you don't want to eat either, right? You don't want to eat. You don't want to have a good time. You want all the stuff like that. I think there's a, a time for victimization, a time to understand natural human selection. And just not give people shit about that. Like, how about just adding one sentence to her victimization story, which is like, I get that this is totally part of human nature. Yeah. But it still sucked. And we'd be like, oh, I get, I totally get that. And like you yeah. said, she did lose 150, so it wasn't like it was an impossible task because she clearly To did. me, it's like it should be a happy story. I lost the weight. I'm getting attention from men, which I probably want. You know, wh- where does the victimization come in? This should be a happy story of, you know, I got myself healthy. And now uh, some some guys fucking me. And right? onward to Grey's Anatomy season seventeen. McDreamy <laughs> <laughs> comes back for the third time. Matt, uh, let me ask you. I know you have been dying uh, to go see the Fearless Girl statue in New York City. <laughs> it's quite on your summer vacation list. It's very impressive. Yes, which is your art. summer vacation list. There's ten items on. It. Nine of them are strip clubs around the country, but one is the Fearless Girl, the little girl. Uh, that a hedge fund, a hedge fund in New York, so kindly put on Wall Street to face off against the bull, the little girl statue, uh, to show how gender diversity only makes us stronger. The the arbiters of not only artistic merit but but ethics and courage. Yes, yes. People who steal other people's money. Well, they did make a little girl statue, which, by the way, I still find really creepy because statues of little people and little and children still makes me kind of queasy. And why didn't they do it an adult woman? Why couldn't an adult woman have been standing up? For women's rights, why do you have to be a little girl? That seems very infantilizing. Yeah, the baby's peeing thing always weirds me out. Like <laughs> yes. the baby will be peeing in the fountain. Like imagine if that little that wouldn't happen. Now the little girl's squatting down, and there's a trickle of piss coming out of her it little just, snatch. It was just a boy, Matt. They didn't do girls. Which why? I don't know. Why. I because, mean, I'm not saying I want it, but uh, uh, because I think the little it was always like uh, little saints or whatever. You're a Christian, you should know. So all the little saints were always little boys. There were no little girl saints. There were only so there's pedophilia. Boy, boy uh, on man, pedophilia is pretty deeply ingrained. In well, the, were the weren't the angels always little boys and depicted in like they were Christianity? Ch- the cherub, uh, like it was, uh, it was boys, always boys, right? Uh, it's Cupid, yeah. It was always boys, naked boys. They were boys with with thick rumps. Yeah, I think it goes back to the time when they weren't allowed to depict women so much, maybe or girls. But in Belgium, you know, now, now they got ISIS blowing that shit up, so it's gonna be it's gonna be fine. But yes, it used to be very awkward if you ever walked around that part of the part of the world to see little statues of boys peeing out of their penis. And I would have been mad if I got a statue like David or something because artistically they made their their wangs uh, much smaller yes. than a person's uh, yes. dong actually is. Well, I think it goes back to your your horrible story. I don't want to have, have you repeat about how your dong shrunk up into your body during your cast. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the guy who stood for that, like in front of Michelangelo. Yeah, you know, you, you know, you're not going to be like, uh, you're not going to be, you're not going to be growing in that situation. Well, David was a real guy. He's walking around town like, "There's my statue," and Spencer <laughs> yeah. like, uh, <laughs> oh, "Maybe we should go get a micro penis." Cup of all of micro penis. Uh, so here's the thing. So Fearless Girl became like the pride of a women's march, and all the women started. This is until Wonder Woman came out. They found another false idol. Uh, Fearless Girl stood for the defiance of women against men, gender diversity. And it turned out that state, global, state street, or state global advisors, this fund, paid McCann, McCann, uh, Erickson, or McCann, where they're known now, as an ad agency in New York, to create the stat, to find the arts, to create the statue, to make their statement on gender diversity for the Women's March. Wait, it feels like, sorry, real quick, wouldn't that be, I know what the bull symbolizes, so wouldn't that be the little girl standing in front of the progress of the American economy? Yes, that's how, 
That's how most everybody sees it objectively, mm-hmm. uh, which is this little girl. Well, either the little girl's about to die. Or she's little, getting trampled by the economy. She's a, she's a trampled by the economy, or she's a she's a communist, uh, or she's bitch. just or she's just a little a little annoying twat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the bull. By the way, the bull was built originally to by an Italian immigrant uh, in New York who who wanted to like give hope and optimism to people on Wall Street after the you know the downfall in the late eighties. And he saw everyone like lowering their heads and saying shit's going to pieces. And so he created this, went in his workshop, made this giant bull to say like, "Fuck, we're bulls, man. We're we're gonna we're gonna come back from this," you know? Yeah. Which whether or not you agree with that is sort of like an uplifting statement. Whereas fearless girl, as like all modern artistic statements, has to be really negative and pessimistic and cynical and, de- and depressing. Which <laughs> is like women are being subjugated. Women, are, it's like it wasn't a success story. It's like. We're gonna stop being oppressed and beaten, and and and. and so why put it in front? Doesn't Wall Street fuck with all people equally? It's not like Wall Street is like fuck women. Well, they have like most male-dominant industries have a pretty horrible reputation with how they treat their female employees. So there is, it's like an auto. Oh, probably well deserved. But it's like, I a, mean, Jiffy, it's like a giant upscale Jiffy Lube, dude. It's just like. Well, this is where they're so out of touch on this. It's like, oh yeah, I'm sure the the uh, you know the. Several hundred people that work on Wall Street and in positions of power are probably huge assholes. How does that translate to? Uh, yeah, some guy made a joke about her ass. Well, it's an ad, dude. It was an ad. It was a paid ad. So they're trying to they're trying to appease and appeal and appease to the women's movement, the women's march movement. So they immediately get it. And then, by the way, I don't know if you were at the Cannes Lyon Advertising Awards uh, last week. Were you in France for that? No, see, I, I don't have a corporation paying for me to stay in four-star hotels yes. and take vacations and pretend to listen at a fucking award show or conference. As far as I can tell, a really good day for gay hookers in the south of France. <laughs> it just must have been an incredible windfall, you know, because Cannes, the film festival's in May, and then all the rich Hollywood people leave, and then it's like a oh, You can see all, like, the gay hookers, or the tranny hookers are like, oh, man, our summer's going to suck. Well, wait a minute. All the U.S. advertising where people are coming over. Yeah. <laughs> All right, get your get your mascara on, your makeup going, and the short skirt. Time to get back to work. Uh, so, Fearless Girl, you know, won every single award, international advertising award, at this posh event in France, where apparently they gave every single award to some politically correct advertising. But Fearless Girl was like won everything, and I love the most that the judges in France they call them jurors to make it sound official. The jurors of the <laughs> award show. Yes, right? Fuck off. Uh, I love that, like, when they have all, like, the pedophile rapists on the Cannes Film Festival. Jury, they're all jurists. Uh, I'm like, you'd never make a jury in this country. Uh, it won every single award, and they said, oh, it's like, it's really beyond anything we've ever seen before because of its permanence. I'm like, well, yeah, fuck, it's a statue. We, we, we get it. Like, it's not permanent. You could remove it. Well, they're saying, like, it's not like an ad, like a TV ad or something like that. So they're actually, like... Not even saying the, the thing was even so great. Of course, they did compliment the way it talked about gender diversity. It was a, sig- a signal, a beacon for gender diversity, but also the, of its permanence. I'm like, yeah, it's in, it's in iron or stone. I get that. So, like, anything, anything cast in a more, permeable, uh, more permanent material than wins awards because you can't just get rid of it easily. So let me get this straight. This statue is the best advertisement by far of the year. It won the Titan Award, dude. And even people like myself, who are quite familiar with the statue, don't know what it's advertising. Uh, well, now I'm telling you, it's advertising uh, the, the future progress of women, the diversity of, of gender, which, by the way, always means white women, let's face it. Upscale. But it's advertising... Well, it's paid for by this hedge fund. Paid for by a hedge fund. So because- what they want is the accolades of being progressive 
they get they get the they get the publicity around being progressive. The ad agency gets to win the awards, and everyone else gets to take selfies next to the the statue. Remember the drunk guy who was humping it in those photos? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was that was, that was still the best selfie taken with it. <laughs> so here's my here's my point, Matt. Here's what I want to get to. Are we now at, at a stage? And maybe we we're always we're at the stage where like every single award, movie or advertiser, or other award show, record, music, is all going to be based completely around the context of the politics versus the quality of the art. Is that where we're at now? We're like. If it's not progressive, if it's not a progressive gender equality, is pro Islamic, pro whatever, hot political topic among the blogger set, you're never going to win an award. Yeah, and it's incredibly uh, pathetic because, okay, so if you're actually a progressive and you want all this equality for everyone, well, guess what? Not everyone can go to can cans, cons, <laughs> fucking whatever. And, uh, you know, go to $200 dinners and uh, drink martinis. Uh, that's not equality. So not everyone can live like these people who, by the way, are in no way talented and are completely overpaid, essentially worthless dregs that somehow, you know, because we need advertising. Like, you could take Budweiser. Yeah, you could do the immigrant origin story. Or you could literally just put a photo of Budweiser on a yes. TV screen for 30 seconds and the sales would remain fairly constant. Because people are going to drink beer, and uh, you know, no one gives a shit about this statute that this hedge fund. So what? Like, are, is this just for their own little insular community to be like, oh, those guys over at fucking Johnson and Leibowitz, man, those guys really run a, those guys really care about little girls. So yes. I think I'll give them an extra hundred thousand dollars of my money so they can invest in fucking pharmaceuticals no, that just all, fucking rape people in the environment. This is uh, all, I mean, what separates these guys from Martin Shkreli? Like nothing, literally nothing. <laughs> Other than better PR, it's just it's just all. This is all for publicity ploy for like shaping yourself as a good corporate citizen. Why do all like why does Time Warner have a diversity chairman? Why do all these people have all this stuff? It's not because why are they all like you know? Now I see like the big thing today was like a different comp- corporations giving paternity leave. Who's going to give the best paternity leave to, to men at companies? It's not because they want ki- dads to be with their kids and have bonding time as infants. It's because they want to signal their virtue as a corporation because. They're constantly under attack from people like you, by the way, uh, for being gross profiteers and, bar- and barons, heartless barons. So they go, oh, now we'll give guys 30 days of free, of free paid vacation to bond with their infant. There's no one at the top going like, oh, that's so great. How about you, you know? give us back our fucking bailout money if, if you want to <laughs> seem really omnipotent? Yes. And by the way, every time I read one of those paternity leave things, it's two weeks, four weeks, eight weeks, if someone's doing a year. I always think about what are people that don't have kids? How, how Everyone's like, this is so great. People who don't have kids must feel so slighted by all this shit. I would be openly pissed yes. off oh, you would and be, talking yes. shit and then get fired. <laughs> You're like, I would, it's, almost worth, it's almost worth knocking somebody up just to get the, get the free year off. <laughs> I would just, you can adopt a kid, by the way. I would adopt a kid and get rid of him after the end of the year. I mean, I would just claim I maybe a baby. say I had a kid. Yeah. Do you need to show proof? They, I would grab myself an African baby from Mali, <laughs> come back for a year. Put it back in a FedEx box after the year is over. Um, you get a month off if you're a dad. Is that what it is? Uh, this car- company, the story of this company today was like um, the 30 days off, which, by the way, is now becoming the norm in like the Silicon Valley and tech. They're always, you know, tech is a really lean the way in human rights. And so, uh, you know, they're giving, they always gave moms time off or they started to. And now they're giving dads time off. How about how about this? How about I don't have any kids and I'm a really dedicated employee and all that time that I would spend on homework and uh, you know counseling the kid about what to wear to the dance or you know arguing about buying a cat or whatever the fuck people do. Uh, how about I go? I'll just take that time and apply that 
to my job and plus the, the mental energy that I have because I don't have to deal with these kids, I want two months off. Because I'm going to be that much more productive. Yeah, that's not going to work, Matt. We're going to, I'm, I'm representing HR right and now. You're coming you in not having not slept because your baby wakes you up every night. <laughs> you know that's not going to happen. It seems like having a baby is a choice, and it seems like it's fine. But I don't know that I don't know that we should be. You know, it seems a little weird. But let me get back to the little, the little tiny girl statue, Matt. Because I'm reminded when you mentioned Budweiser sells itself, I'm reminded of a time I worked for an ad agency doing ads for Taco Bell. And I, I spent a lot of time working on the Astro Taco Bell, and someone pulled me aside and said, hey, buddy, like, just so you know, whatever creative you do doesn't mean a shit. It doesn't mean shit. As long as you show the melted cheese and how cheap it is, yeah. that's what drives 99% of the buying decision. It's like, he goes, I know you think you're doing really great commercials, and maybe they're great, maybe they're not great, but it has zero to do with sales. Uh, in fact, by the way, that uh, little legend story, that Chihuahua commercial for Taco Bell, Ikiro, Yokiro mm. Taco Bell, mm. caused sales to drop. For Taco Bell, because there were, people were subconsciously associating with Taco Bell with dog meat. Oh, and so it actually—they did a study. It actually, while well, the the award, the advertising won lots of awards, was very popular, and everyone like riffed on it and you know little skits and stuff like that. It turned out it actually hurt sales at the local Taco Bells. The Taco Bell ads are the most honest and Jack in the Box. It's two twenty-five-year-old guys that are high in a crappy apartment yes. playing video games. I mean, it's honest. Why, can, why can't the fucking... And half of the commercial time has to be dedicated to showing uh, melted cheese yeah. and saying the word crunchy and the price. Because that's exactly why they buy, because they're watching at 2 in the morning going like, oh, 39 cent tacos, man. Two for 60 cents. Let's go. Yeah. Let's fucking go. They're not, not going on the, riff, on the little riff there. Uh, Matt, here's the thing. You and I are in the wrong business because our politically incorrect business is never going to make money. So if we actually did a, uh, if we actually did a podcast about like uh, social reengineering, about how women are oppressed, and how Shonda Ryan shouldn't be made fun of when she was a big tub of goo. We would actually get corporate. Would actually get corporate sponsors. Yeah, I, I want to get into advertising and and just be completely worthless. I think all you have to do is show up, and then you have to add some notes that you got to add notes. Don't That's matter part. whatsoever. Yes. Like, hey, what what you know, Bob? Hold on, could, could I? Uh, what if he was wearing a green shirt? Yes. Hey, thanks, Matt. Yeah, no problem. Kids love I'll green. Be over the kids, by the catering. The kids love green these days. The kids are so green. fucking dumb. It is horrible. All right, Matt, art is dead. I just want to say art is dead. I got to announce a lot of things are dead today. Art, the art quality of art is dead now. All the money is going towards whatever is progressively politically correct. And that's not even a left-right thing. That's just like, because I think artists are left and right, but they're seeing where the money is and they're going where the money is. I don't believe that the hedge fund or even McCann is very liberal, per se. No, but I'm they're sure going, they're not. But they're going where the awards and the money are, and that's kind of sad because we deserve better statues. You know how permanent statues are. Uh, by and, the way, and, the, and I don't see any actual progressive person calling them out. Like, you know, there's more to being progressive than paying ten thousand dollars out of your ten billion for a fucking statue that's not even that good. I bet they donate to women's shelter. You can never go on doing that. Now, let me ask you: uh, You look like a former tennis player. Never learned how to play. No, I was just joking. I was joking mostly. You don't strike me as athletic in any way. Uh, <laughs> Serena Williams, uh, you know how I feel about Serena Williams. I actually kind of like Serena Williams, which is a shame because I kind of like her. But if you don't love her, you're cast as a hater. So you have to, like, love Serena Williams in, in public in, in, in New York or Los Angeles and elsewhere. If you don't love her, you're seen as a, hate, a Serena Williams hater, which includes up to... Just talking about how beautiful and sexy she, how beautiful and sexy she is. Yeah, that's the part I can't really get behind. Well, when um, they say she's a strong woman, I go, "Oh, she's the strongest fucking woman I've ever seen in my life." <laughs> but like, sexy in a, in a, in a tight gown, nah, 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 not so much. I don't, I'm not seeing that right now. Yeah, we don't have to pretend. By the way, we don't have to pretend that uh, 
you know, Dikembe Mutombo is really sexy either. Do we? Uh, no, he's not my t- he's not my type. <laughs> I like the muscles. So Serena Williams, the whole thing about Serena Williams, and I have this theory, working theory, I explained to you before the show that people have lost Jesus in their life. People have lost like formal. People used to be just like hang all their morality and all their like faith based on some you know some crazy ass religious mythology, and that was what we did for like thousands of years. And now that people have kind of left that behind, mostly especially in the Western world, uh, they're looking for a new place to blindly put their faith into into things that can't be explained or things that are just sort of wish upon wishes, you know, false idol like. Just like when Moses went away up uh, to Sinai to get the tablets, and while he was gone for a month, what did they do? They made a calf, a golden calf, because everyone felt they need to pray, you know, to pray to some higher power. Right. It's just human nature to like want to put your faith in something that seems more magical and powerful than you. And I think that people do that. Whether they do it in a, in a, a church or a synagogue or anywhere else, if they don't do it there, they're going to find other places to do it. And that's often celebrity figures or popular figures or political or Hillary or Hillary or whatever. Um, I've now seen, by the way, that Chelsea Clinton is fast rising in popularity among a certain demographic in the country as a hero, oh. which I can't, can't understand. Why? At least, Hillary, at least Hillary, she's really super fucking annoying, but she has accomplishments on her record. Well, she had a job, so that, that goes a long way. She probably got her husband to be president. She probably made her husband into a president, which is, a, which is not a nothing. She was a senator, secretary of state. No matter how she got this job, she got this job. She was the first woman to do it. So she actually achieved something for all her annoyances. Chelsea has not achieved a single thing. But somehow, like, people are imbuing in her, like, the spirit of her family. And now they're looking to her for answers on social issues and, you know, anything. Like, anything. like what restaurant to go to? Ah, it's Chelsea. She, 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 she goes to this Italian restaurant. It must be really good. Like, go to the one you can't get into. Tell me that's not a Jesus complex. Tell me that's not the same thing as, like... You know, Bible belters like looking to what would Jesus? What would Jesus do? You know. So, so you're saying that these people? Because I don't think Christianity. I know it's sliding a little bit, but it still remains very popular. You're saying that these people? Yeah, but these, not among young twenty-something females. It isn't. So this is their Jesus. Is this is their religious? This is their religious, you know, affiliation, which is these, you know, for the, a lot of them, for these bloggers, it's this, you know, powerful woman celebrity against all odds, taking on the patriarchy. Victim of sexism in your face. Yeah, it would fit most of the sort of qualifications of of a religion, and you know the sort of blind worship. Yes, and there have been religions, quite a few, where the actual deity is still alive. Um, yeah, like uh, Mormonism, the one uh, the uh, Ethiopian uh, Rastafari yeah. people believe that the Prime Minister of Ethiopia was the living God, which which shows that those those people are a special kind of fucking uh, weird. Because uh, you can actually just see the guy on TV and be like, no, that's just some guy, right? If you're obsessing over, like, a, cele- a, a celebrity, if you're a millennial girl and you're obsessing over some celebrity's, like, Twitter feed or Instagram feed to the point you're checking it eight times a day and you're following their advice, tell me that's not, tell me that's any different than, like, a religious faith, a blind religious faith. Yeah, if you think that everything they say is is sort of the word, the truth or whatever. Yeah, then the yeah, word, right? The that's word. A, that is a, a religion, I guess. I think so. It's so a Serena religious Williams, figure is in that vein right now. There's a whatever a million people, especially bloggers have it in social media people and bloggers have an over-exaggerated influence in our current culture because they speak to a demographic that advertisers and business want to reach and they also have a digital reach based on the fact that everyone's buying into their into their pieces. That's how a blogger, some 22-year-old girl for L Teen or some uh, Teen Cosmo or whatever gets a piece out to like read by 5 million people mm-hmm. is even though it used to be read by two people like her parents and herself <laughs> Now it's being promoted through these social channels and through the corporate media, essentially, such that 5 million people are now seeing it. 
and it's getting 10,000 comments, and it's becoming then picked up by the mainstream news as a growing viral news item or something like that. It really works its way up the chain pretty fast. Yeah. And next thing you know, you're talking about some, you know, half-brained twats, you know, piece, 23-year-old senior editor, a senior editor, 23-year-old at HuffPo. Yeah, it's know. not like a guy with a doctorate in sociology or, no. or history. It's, or it's or like, a real reporter, for that matter. It's some chick who just wrote her opinion and... For reasons I, I will never understand. I mean, you explained how it works, but why someone in charge... I mean, I know why. It's because they don't care about their product. No, they want these clicks. As long as it's SEO-friendly and it's getting clicks, they'll buy against it. They'll keep buying against it, which means you know, networking it further and further with cash behind it, mm. pushing it to more and more outlets. So it's, it's like, a, I don't know, like a drug dealer or something like that. Like when a new drug comes on the market... Fentanyl is really hot now, right? <laughs> so how does fentanyl go from, like, two people using it stupidly in Missouri to, like, 80,000 people being on it or across 15 states? You know, it proved to be popular, and the drug dealers are very, very smart people. <laughs> so they give the people what they want, and it keeps going out to further distribution channels. Right. That's a great metaphor for the, for the idiot bloggers. <laughs> it is like a drug. They, they find the, the, the demand where the demand is, and they keep feeding it with cash, with cash behind it. So Serena Williams is this overly godly-like figure to a certain number of people. So when she this week, John McEnroe, who John McEnroe is one of those guys you don't really like. You know, you wouldn't like him in person, but you respect the fact that he says he tells the truth no matter what, which can be either really refreshing or jerky depending how you, how you look at it. Yeah, I'm not real familiar. I mean, I know who John McEnroe is. I I didn't know that tennis had a lot of material to be controversial about. It seems really boring. It does, but there's only like two people that analyze it, so it's not. Big. He seems aggressively frank about whatever he's saying, as if you know what what he says is right. Well, look at it this way: like the NFL probably has a thousand paid analysts around various media outlets. Yeah, tennis has like two or three, and he's one and he's one of them. So he, I mean, he's been playing tennis since he was a kid, and now he's 57. He won Wimbledon's. He played, had a 20-year-long career. Then he's had 20 years of analysis. He's a pretty well-respected guy in the world of tennis. He's also like a Stanford grad. He's a smart guy. If not the most respected guy in tennis. Objectively speaking, yes. And, and, he has no, and he's got no one to ask. He doesn't care about kissing ass or his TV contracts or shit like that. So he just says what he wants to say. He's also hilarious when he does cameos on like Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yes. So that, may, that really bumps him up in my book. Uh, he's somewhat self-aware of, of, of his asshole reputation, yeah. which is fun. So he came out and said that he was asked, where would Serena, Serena Williams the greatest tennis player of all time? And he said, I think she is the greatest female tennis player of all time. And then the reporter from whatever outlet said, like, why must you insist the word female be in there? Why can't she be the greatest tennis player of all time? And then Macro said, because she's not. She would, like, rank, if she had to play the guys, she'd rank maybe 700th in the world at, yeah. at best. And that got everybody really upset. Made its way back to Serena Williams, who counter-tweeted with, you know, some sort of victimization. Leave me alone. Why are you sexist? I'm trying to raise my baby, which I don't think she's had yet. But she's focused on her baby. All those sorts of shit. Which is, not, by the way, not an answer or any way responding to the fact that he's saying she would rank 700 in the world if, she, if, it was co-ed, if the tennis was co-ed. This argument's going on for a while. You're not allowed to say that Serena Williams is just a female tennis player. You have to say she's the greatest tennis player of all time so this reporter was sort of baiting him and oh, she yes. had this agenda where yes. she wanted him to say no she's the best tennis player male or female so at this point i don't get why the narrative isn't well, this reporter seems like a fool uh because everyone knows that that's not even close to accurate so she i'm assuming she is doing a really bad job at her job whereas McEnroe, this is no different from saying 
No, I think uh, Joe Montana, if he played uh, in today's game, would be an average quarterback. I don't know whether or not that's true. Uh, but let's discuss, let's discuss it. Let's discuss it. And yeah. in fact, it's, it's less than that because I think what he said is pretty accurate. I actually did the math on this because Williams, uh, her strongest asset as a tennis player is her serve. And so I looked at Wikipedia, and they have clocked the fastest serves, and they only do it up to like uh, 500 or something. And those are all men. So, right there, her strongest thing, there's 500 guys that are better at it, and that's her best thing. That's not even counting lateral movement, which women aren't as good at, reaction time, which they're not as good at. Uh, so, 700 seems about right, if not generous. Well, there's a, certainly a reason why women don't play in the men's sport of tennis, because they would all lose, right? Yes. Yeah, so it, and, and, Serena, and Serena knows that, by the way, and, and anyone who objectively analyzes sport knows that, but they can't discuss that as a rational fact but if you're saying that that's not the case you're either lying or you're a fucking idiot i think the way the argument goes is like you you refuse to say that she's the greatest athlete at all you must qualify as female therefore you're a sexist and misogynist so now we're only going to talk about sexism and misogyny we're not actually going to talk about the underlying argument which is that she would be the 700th at best the 700th ranked tennis player in the world we're just going to discuss the fact that you saying is, is sexist and why are you, why are male athletes so sexist and why is the media so sexist and reporting it this way? And then it becomes a totally different a totally different rant that has nothing to do with the underlying fact, which is I think now the state of every media media discussion in the country. How is it not sexist that we have women's sports? Why isn't a sport the best person can play if they're a man or, or a woman? Uh, and, and that's it. Because see, women. <laughs> To, to claim you have this disadvantage in society when you clearly have so many privileges, such as your own sports league, and then to pretend that your sports league is just as good as as the one which doesn't discriminate right. is insane. Yeah. It's just insane. And, <laughs> and the fact that I get saying that if you want to further your own agenda and benefit yourself, but to actually think that, which I don't think that Serena Williams understands... That, that having a separate league for people who aren't as good at something is a fucking privilege. I think she, I, I, I tend to believe that people like her do understand that, but they understand the benefit to themselves and their brand of not saying that in public yeah. and going along with the ride, which is just like the fearless girl discussion we had, which I think she knows where her bread is buttered. And her bread is buttered by being on the activist side, by the victim activist side, versus the accomplished, grateful side. Yeah. Which is that if you're not, that's the social media age we live in. And it's really amazing how much social media drives mainstream media, the larger corporate media coverage. Mm-hmm. It's all driven by, it's all driven, everything, if you look at the news, it's all driven by like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook discussions now and what's being liked and what's being shared. Yeah. And so you're going to get a lot more traction as Serena Williams if you pick a fight with John McEnroe for being sexist and for saying you, were, you can't compete with the men than you are in having a actual sports discussion about how the game would break out if you played so-and-so in a tennis match. Yeah, and you know why in part it's driven by Twitter and Instagram catfights is because if you're writing about this shit and you're fucking lazy, it's incredibly easy and, and to, to say, and then Serena Williams said this, and not get into any of the nuance or actual facts behind the discussion, but simply say, and then she tweeted out this 140 characters, which is like half a sentence, by the way. It's like, it's like intellectually People don't want to fucking read. bankrupt. People don't want to read anymore. They want pictures, including sexy pictures of Serena. Why do I need you? Did you see her nude photo, by the way? No. Her nude pregnant photo? I'm going to have to show that to you. After the Why show. do I need a, a chick who works for CNN to tell me what Serena Williams tweeted? 
<laughs> if I cared, I could just go to her fucking Twitter feed or follow her on Twitter. If you were in the Serena religion, you would. Absolutely, you would. She uh, posed naked for Vanity Fair cover, by the way. Pregnant naked. Oh. Covering her, covering just her top with her hands. So that was her. That's the new answer. Selma Hayek did the same thing this week. But Selma Hayek's been doing on this rant about how Hollywood is so sexist. <laughs> and it, it, she actually called it violent. Selma Hayek referred to Hollywood as violent against women. Uh, she said they see women as monkeys who they want to murder when they become successful. Oh, yeah. Very violent rhetoric. And then she well, that's fo- what we all talk about, right? Yes. Murdering. Then, she, then she followed that up with topless, self, topless selfies of herself. Jesus, man. Which, by the way, I always feel like, as much as I feel like, I know you and I feel bad, and Brian, when he's thinking uh, that women are taking over the world. But then I look at like that that need to like show yourself topless in a selfie, even though you're a very accomplished, wealthy woman. Yeah. And then I realize that vanity is going to be their downfall forever. And that the, the desire to be the desire to feel pretty, the desire to feel pretty, will always be their downfall <laughs> because men don't mind being disgusting and gross. Yeah. Kate Kate Beckinsale has to have her PR people put out a a fake release about how her young her young ass boyfriend is special and treats her so nice, whereas men just don't give a shit. Like I was one talk about how her vagina feels a lot tighter than my wife, my old wife does. Yeah, and and also women just always start squabbling amongst each other that's for whatever true. crumbs are thrown to them. Anyway. That's true too. Uh, it's a it's a it's a burden. It's a women's burden. It's what it's what keeps men. While women could easily rule this world if they just would get together and stop and stop having vanity. But they are succeeding in in altering the sort of public discourse. This I saw some fucking. Uh, I hate using the the cuck, but it's some cuck, some male feminist guy on that Serena Williams thing going. Uh, you know, women are most beautiful when they're pregnant or something like. And it was like, all right, shithead. Like, you ever see a pregnant chick as a centerfold in Playboy or... Uh, or even a women's magazine. You ever beat off to a pregnant chick? Yeah, like, I'm sure there are a few fetishists out there. But uh, why are you just saying things that you look like a fucking clown when you say stupid things? Uh, yes, but they go, complete, they go completely on challenge. Men, I think, uh, not just, I like you, you use the word cuck. We should have the, uh, uh, the duck drop with the $100 bill for that. Uh, I like beta male is my new term I'm using all the time. Yeah, that's better. I don't want to be associated with the fucking neo-Nazis. Well, the cuck just sounds very sexual. It sounds like some guy like in a, in a, in a gimp mask being beaten by his wife and her, and her like, large black boyfriend. It just has some sort of like visual cues to it. Yeah. Whereas beta male just seems like a guy like in a, a deck shirt like you know, shopping with his girlfriend holding the clipboard. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> You ever see those guys shopping for the gift, the wedding registry? Yeah. And the woman's like, you know, like Crate and Barrel, and the woman's like picking shit out, and the guy's holding the list. Oh, man. <laughs> That's just to me, like, I want to cry. I want to start crying. You ever be hanging out with a chick, and she's like, uh, hey, yeah, let me let me find my uh, parking uh, ticket. Hold, can you hold my uh, purse? And you're like, fuck. Oh, like, no. yeah, I'll hold it for a while, but like, then I'm like, fuck, I'm holding a purse. How long am I supposed <laughs> to hold this purse for? It's the same thing if you said to a chick, like, you know, you're watching TV. Hey, would you mind making me a sandwich? Maybe. Yes. Yeah, and she's like, hmm, am I, am I just making a sandwich because we share cooking responsibilities or is there something more behind this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it is like that. Here's the saddest thing. When you are uh, getting, when you're about to get married, as if there's no greater sign of what marriage is going to be like, there's a woman picking out things that she wants for your gift registry and then telling you to write down what it is so that everyone can <laughs> buy her the gifts that she wants. <laughs> It's just like, how can, I always look back, how can a guy be in that situation and not go like, 
Yeah, this is not ominous in any. This is not ominous in any way or foreboding in any way whatsoever. So the guy's not like that uh, electric dartboard. No. That Bud Light neon sign would look cool above the pool table. Oh well, uh, I think if you if you ever been around those couples before, you know that the woman will always give the guy one thing he can pick out. Like she'll oh, get all the plates sad. and stuff like that. She'll go like the one thing he wants to pick out, but whatever the first thing he says is, she's gonna say like, "Nah, you don't need that." <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh, poor guys. All right, Serena Williams, you're just like the 701st first best tennis player, which is not a real sport. It is kind of a real sport. It's hard to play. I get that. But this whole this whole thing where we have to alter reality and alter facts now to support a, a state of not being attacked online or not being attacked in comments yeah. just seems really fucking unhealthy for our culture. That's what I don't get. We're living in this make-believe you know scenario it's like it's like these young progressive people are like you know it'd be cool if like everyone was uh the same and like men and women were the same and didn't uh have any differences and like it's like okay but you can't just start pretending that that's the case like what if what if there was no gender it's like i don't know what if uh fucking i had a pet unicorn like i gotta send you this youtube video of this couple that's raising their child without gender a gender non-gender discriminatory whatever fuck it is and the trouble they even go through in describing it, it's a boy. Their, their child is a boy. It's a lesbian couple. Their child's a boy. Oh, boy. And, uh, and like, this is the trouble they discuss into discussing how they're raising him. They don't even know the words to say. And they're, doing, they're the ones doing it. And they didn't, can't even come up with the words regularly to describe it because it's so fucking stupid. And they show a little boy's room. And he has, like, pink. He has pink, a lot of pink stuff. They're interesting pink stuff. So they feel like blue stuff has to be stuff he has to choose. So and, they're just making him... How is that neutral? It sounds like they're raising him as a chick. Well, no, they're, they're providing boy and girl, like traditionally boy and girl stuff and not explaining to him oh. which, he sh- which he should choose oh, or how he should dress or how he should be. And this kid's like three or four now. And they're saying like, well, sure, it's, it's completely possible he's going to grow up to be a cisgender, heterosexual male. I'm like, yeah, but you're doing everything you can to stop that from happening. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it's possible, but it's also possible by raising him in pink panties that he <laughs> that may not that may not happen. Wait, so he gets to choose the pink or the blue? He gets to choose. Yeah, they other color neutral. They're not going to. They're not buying him at boy stuff basically. And if they do buy stuff, they buy it like in multiple colors. So he's not he's not color conditioned to. They're to boy clearly stuff. just pushing the pink on him because yes, of course they are. They're <laughs> less, it's a lesbian. Everyone couple. knows. I don't have kids. Fuck. You know, for a fact, if you, most boys, not all, if you throw a football in the middle of the room or a, a doll, they're going to go with the football? Yes. It's just Oh, nature. by the way, so in the video, the girl, even the mom goes, the mom says, like, oh, it's really weird because we haven't pushed it on him, but he's, he's become a very, even at, like, two years, he was already showing signs of being athletic and picking up stuff and throwing balls and stuff like that. And it's so, you know, you can see he's clearly picking. For, I'm like, he's a boy. Yeah. He's a boy, of course. All boys do that. That's what boys do. These people, how, how are these people this clueless? Where's the segment? Yeah, it's really weird how he uh, got really angry as a teenager and shot us, shot my <laughs> wife. Uh, just really came home from school and shot her because he was tired of being abused. I don't think you're going to be an open, you can't raise a child without gender and expect there to be no consequences to their ultimate selection of their lifestyle when they're older. Yeah. That seems like such a warped... It, I know they're, they're, they're promoting it as this very enlightened view, but it seems like that's like saying Scientology is enlightened. It's a very, like, such a warped and twisted view from the rest of society that it's going to affect that child in some way when they're raised. Well, what are even, you, more, even more so than saying you're only allowed to play with trucks. Because yeah. a lot of boys were told they were only allowed to raise, play with trucks when they're kids, and they still were gay when they got older. Well, yeah. I mean, he's <laughs> like, he likes... What are you lesbians like? Leather jackets? Hey, well, try wearing a windbreaker. Yes. 
Well, no, I like the leather jacket. Yeah, that's how people are. They fucking gravitate towards things. And what are the odds that the lesbian couple really helps that their son grows up to be like a hardcore pounding ladies heterosexual male? If <laughs> <laughs> I can with legs his dick around the house and talks about all the chicks he's banging. <laughs> what, what's, what's the odds that's what they're hope, really hoping for at night for their, for their son to grow up to be? Oh, man, that'd be amazing <laughs> if he just turned into Howard Stern or We have a new segment this week. It's uh, Matt's segment. Uh, you know, we took a break off last week as Matt regained his senses. Uh, this one is called, and Matt, I want you to go any, way, any which way you want with this, but this is called Matt Apologizes for Suggesting that Amber Heard Faked All of Her Abuse Claims in Light of New Emails from Depp's Business Lawsuit. <laughs> it's a long segment. I need to short that for SEO purposes. <laughs> so as you know, uh, Matt, I argue, Matt always claimed that uh, Johnny Depp was, uh, Amber Heard was faking her iPhone to the face injuries and various other abuse claims that she softly made, veiled threats she made during their divorce hearing before getting her. By the way, you think that seven million's gone to the charity yet, or do you think she's still administratively sitting on it for a little while? Maybe longer? all the people at the New York Post and the LA Times who reported on this, maybe they should follow up on their own report. They will dig into this. I will say that Matt did not believe, thought Amber Heard was faking the abuse, and I, I was a little dubious myself. Well. So when you have a when someone throws an iPhone at you, it usually this isn't a a Warner Brothers cartoon. It usually won't pancake onto your face uh, as though you just compressed it directly onto your face. Uh, and secondly, her face wounds were in two different places at two different times. But isn't it possible? So now the new emails, by the way, in this lawsuit, Depp suing his business managers for twenty five million dollars, claiming they didn't. I guess they, he claims they stole his money. They claim. No, you're fucking wasted and you spent a shitload of it and we tried to stop you. <laughs> and the, the, actually, I believe the truth is somewhere in the middle because Depp clearly wasted a shit ton of money buying all, you know, when he bought the fucking cannon to shoot the, you know, Hunter Thompson's ashes out of whatever. <laughs> and then he bought, he bought an island. He, bought, he owned seven mansions. He clearly spends it. But also, if you're his business manager and after all these years, this drunken guy keeps spending like $10 million a month and isn't paying attention, you got to steal a little, right? You got to take. You got to get him in some investments with your brother-in-law, right? Some condo investments. You'd be almost neglectful if you didn't like shift his money into something that benefited you. Assuming that's the way it usually works. I think I assume that's the way it works. Uh, so, in those emails that came out in this law, civil lawsuit, were some emails that seemed to indicate that Depp was at least in one on one occasion kicked the shit out of Amber Heard, like with his little cowboy boots, his little mini mini cowboy boots, actually kicked her repeatedly. Uh, and it came from a very objective th- third party, which had nothing to do with the abuse claims later on. So it seems to be true. So, Matt, are you now prepared to apologize for not believing her, as Hillary said, used to say? So these claims are the business manager sort of released this. They released all their emails between themselves and Depp for the last, like, seven years. So they're basically trying to tear him down a little bit to make him weak. So but the emails, can... were, the emails were from third... They, weren't, they were from, like, an assistant to an assistant. They were not, like, you know... Uh, so they're like, we saw Depp kicking the shit out of... Yeah, like, whatever. it's really horrible what happened, you know, last night. And then they go, oh, it's horrible. Yeah, I saw it, too. Like, Johnny kicked, Johnny kicked, uh, kicked Amber really hard last night several times, whatever. Well, I'm picturing... All right, so there's a few uh, potential ways this went down. Maybe Johnny Depp. So, am I getting the fact that you're not apologizing, Matt? <laughs> no. Look, look, it's possible that he beat her up and then she later faked her yes, face wounds. Yeah, that's what I think. That's uh, what I think. Which, I, I suppose, if that's the case, that that sucks. I think it's also possible that she's just lying in general. Like, I don't know. She could have curried favor. She, what is kicking me? I mean, she could have come at him and he kicked her away with his little foot. 
you know, he does uh, probably have really tiny feet. I mean, it, this the boots, is a, dude. Don't forget the boots. This is a person that claims that she uh, reads the works of Ayn Rand, which is laughable. By the way, taking a photo of you holding a book doesn't—that uh, doesn't mean you actually read the book. Um, so, so I think Ayn Rand's point in all of her work is: if you're born really rich, uh, you don't have to rely on anyone else um, or sort of contribute back to society. Uh, Not her precise synopsis, but that's, that's, I understand that's your take. Sounds about right. Uh, so Heard, since she's a huge fan of Rand, why would she have... First of all, why does she need the husband's money, given her philosophy on, on life based on Ayn Rand? Uh, and secondly, why would she have not come forward before this? It seemed like she was all too ready to come forward. I just picture if she had bruises all over herself from getting kicked, she would have, unless she didn't think she would get the money yet, and she had to start documenting the stuff. I don't know. Matt, I have to say, you turned this apology segment into a defense of a, a, a domestic abuser, of a, a poor, uh, slender lesbian woman, was not expected by me. I don't have any 50, evidence. I had a 50-50 thought it might happen. You're, you're saying an email that someone said, I, which I haven't read, granted. I'm still looking at the fake face wounds, you know, that's all I could... I, people well, base clearly, their opinion clearly, on face wounds. You clearly didn't grow up with, like, older siblings who used to beat you up, because they would beat you up all the time, and your parents didn't believe you. And then, like, the one time you wanted to really get sympathy, you would fake the fake the injury <laughs> or whatever, just to, like, you know, when you knew it was the right moment to get your parents, wasn't always the right time your your older brother was beating you up. So you had to fake, like, an eye, you know, an injury and go, like, oh, Tommy... Like he hit me over the head with a board or whatever, and like ah, then you finally get in trouble. Yeah, yeah, you know, how it is to be abused, man. You don't know. You you were born like six seven. You're <laughs> just not. You're not aware of what it's like to be Amber Heard. Or I don't. Yeah, I don't know the plight of battered women. Although she seems like the most uh, hyper vigilant sort of dyke of all time, so I don't really picture her standing up for a lot of abuse. But 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 but, but you have to picture Johnny Depp being drunk and kicking people. That's how. That's how really sad people it's, fight. It's funny to it's me. How sad people fight with his holding his cowboy hat with one hand, so just fall off his head and like his jade, his jade pinky ring and stuff, like <laughs> and kicking her with some old some boots that came off a famous western movie or something, <laughs> given to him by like like in Roy Rogers or something in an estate sale. I mean, just you can just picture a wine bottle in one hand, wine bottle in one hand, just like kicking her on the ground and crying afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> or, or doing like karate moves and thinking yeah. that he knows how to do karate, like going full Elvis. Yeah. Uh, delusional movie star type guy. Uh, I don't know. I just think when you apply the fake face wound, to me, you've lost all credibility. Uh, especially when you're trying to get money. You're not saying, hey, I want him arrested so he doesn't do this. You're like, no, I just want $7 million. This segment really took an ill turn. I'm not submitting this to the Women's, women's Feminist Movement Hall of Fame. You, you lose all credibility when you put makeup on your face and you aren't even good enough to... Well, that's not been proven. That's just that's your working theory. You gave her the seven. I've seen like, the photos. They don't even match. This explains perhaps why he was so willing to give her the seven million right off the bat. Even though you, what you, even though even if that even that thing or the iPhone thing were enhanced, just a history of hitting her even once or twice right. would ex, would explain why he just gave her seven million dollars to shut up, sign an NDA and shut up and go away. Because maybe he was worried that the kicking se- the Johnny Depp kicking sessions would come out on tape somehow. Well, she does seem like the kind of person, like when she was videotaping him when he was wasted in the morning drinking yes. a magnum of red wine. Yes. <laughs> As if there's such a thing. <laughs> um, and she was like trying to bait him. And you could tell he was having a bad day. And he's like, can you leave me the fuck alone? And she's like, so it looks like you're drunk, huh? And she's got her phone there. It's like she, she's not punchable. I don't, I don't think he no. doesn't seem like 
I'm picturing myself. I would never punch a woman. No. But I would smack the phone out of her face and potentially throw shit at her if she didn't fucking stop. Right, little tantrum kicks. We do little tantrum kicks. Yeah, I might do little kicks. You would you call her kickable if, you- if she's coming at me? I picture him sitting on the couch and she's like charging at him and he puts his <laughs> feet up, putting the, the kick up. You know, to do you think he announces his moves? Protect before- his wine. You don't want to spill the wine on the couch. You know. Do you think he announces his moves before he does them? <laughs> <laughs> Leg block. You know, like see, chicks are very, very conniving. They can sense if you if you don't want to spill something. On your couch, for example, you know, like maybe he's sitting on his favorite couch, and she's like, "I'm going to charge at him with this wine in his hand." That's that's a real chick move. That's the saddest indictment of Johnny Depp of all: the <laughs> fact that he doesn't like shit spilled on his couch. <laughs> kind of guy is obsessed over his couch. <laughs> so, I'm going to get off this now. Not a cool guy, but still, it's kind of like a, a slap in the face. Okay, uh, Brian, let's get some music for this segment uh, that sounds like a guy beating his wife. Let's do it over and over again. Email from Victor. He wants to know, uh, Matt, why the fuck would the White House even have a Ramadan dinner? I don't know if you've been tracking the Muslim holidays this year, but we just went through. By the way, it seems to me Ramadan takes place 18 times a year. There's more Ramadans than like Dancing with the Stars seasons or Bachelor seasons. Isn't it always like, isn't it weird that it's always Ramadan? Doesn't it always seem like whenever you hear like, oh, what's going on? Oh, it's, it's Ramadan. Did you hear it's Ramadan? I feel the same way with Jewish holidays too, by the way. It is always a Jewish. Well, they're. There are a million Jewish holidays, but like maybe because I'm more familiar with them, I can name them all. With with the Muslims, I can only name one. It's Ramadan, and so it always seems like it's Ramadan. I guess if you look at Christmas, they start celebrating Christmas around July nowadays too. So <laughs> it is always like. But so they, they, they fast. The Muslims fast for a month, I suppose. They they abstain from sexual activity. Uh, they abstain from really from, yes. And you're talking about people, by the way, who aren't allowed to drink in the first place. So you have no booze, and now you have no sex for a month. I mean, with you're not allowed to have sex outside of marriage, but even with your Spouse, you're not allowed to have sex. There's only one thing left to do. Go crazy and start blowing shit up. Yeah, well, yes. And by the way, there's been several theories about the reason why these suicide bombers come to be. And part of it is because they're not allowed to have sex. These young guys are not allowed to have sex. And they're told that they'll never be, because they come from very poor backgrounds, they'll told they'll never be married off to any girls. And therefore, they actually have to spend their lives, if they're very devout, have to spend their lives without sex. And so suddenly at like 21, blowing yourself up to go to heaven to be with the virgins... Doesn't seem like such a bad idea. No, I mean, I think... If someone told you at 19 you could never drink or have sex, but if you blow yourself up, you can have all that shit? Yeah. You might be packing, strapping that vest on, dude. Yeah, because the never having sex part, like, I get abstaining for a month. Well, I don't know why anyone would voluntarily do that unless they were gay. Uh, well, you have I, to see the wives. <laughs> <laughs> but but never having sex, I think that would destroy you mentally. I, I wouldn't yeah. doubt it. there's, like, scientific studies showing that, that uh, guys that don't get laid ever... Are, are fucking crazy as fuck. They become very. It can become very violent. Uh, Assuming they have the, you know, the they've drive actually, to have sex. They've done actual studies on this. I read lots of useless studies, and men who uh, they took men for thirty days who visited strip clubs every day after work, where women were rubbing their tits in their face and, and calling them handsome and all that kind of crap, mm. and guys who didn't, and the guys who didn't who were you know were not allowed to see the naked women and be had their ego stroked, had much lower testosterone levels, dropped actually dropped. And that makes you can make you violent. It makes mm-hmm. men violent when their testosterone drops. That so they're more prone to be in a. Fi- they were more prone after the month to be in a fist fight than the guys who had just seen titty for titty for. Well, a guys month. have to act out their aggression in some way. I yes. mean, if that could come from uh, fucking or, or working out or, or whatever it might be. But yeah, like you're gonna 
you know, if, if you're not busting a nut on a regular belt, I'm assuming some of them don't even jerk off, which at that point, you're, you're fucking one flew over the cuckoo's Yeah, nest. you might as well just start collecting the dynamite and the ammonia <laughs> nitrate yourself. And, the, and the, they know this, too, when you're recruiting them. I mean, it's an obvious tactic. To- yeah, plus, on the, on the backside, after you do it, your family gets paid money. So not only that, you're leaving your family, you know, relatively speaking, well off after you're dead. Yeah. So it's, it's all, all the reasons why people kill, men kill themselves, to leave money or family, insurance, to get laid. <laughs> to get out of their fucking crappy lifestyle. It's all there for the suicide bomber. It's all laid out. It's a very smart psychological conditioning program they use. Are the Muslims... I mean, I know that Catholics have this, uh, what do you call it, um, masochistic streak to them where they, uh, you know, they think they're guilty of everything, but... Like the Opus Dei flagellating themselves with the wh- with the whips and stuff? Yeah, and just, you know, kids that are raised Catholic, every time they beat off, they, yes. they feel like they did something wrong to God or something. Yeah. Um, but they don't really act on it. The, the not eating, but uh, during the day, or, or, or they don't—they essentially don't eat for a month, right? Uh, they uh, fast, I think, until I don't know the specifics, and I don't want to get blown up. But uh, I think they fast until sunset. Why doesn't someone go? Uh, hey guys, we don't really need to do this, do we? <laughs> I don't know. It's been going on for fifteen hundred years. Fucking red lobster. Thanks. It's been going on for fifteen hundred years. But let's get away from all Muslims or bombers, man. I know that's what you want to say. <laughs> But so uh, so every year for the last seventeen years or whatever since I think late Clinton administration but into well into Bush and Obama they decided they were going to have this end of Ramadan breaking the fast dinner gal not a gala like a dinner religious dinner at the White House every Jew, every June and I don't know why it started because I think we used to I think I have to gr- I believe it started because we went to appease a Muslim group uh-huh. because it turns out, you know, if you look on Wikipedia about religious breakdown in the country, Muslims barely are edging close to 1% of the population in this country. And, by the way, assume that's not necessarily a high voting block either. There may not be a great participation rate among the Muslim population. So yeah. they really do not affect elections or, or the votes in any way whatsoever. And there's no evidence that there's large money coming out of, the, out of, out of that community towards politicians. So assume that they, it wasn't for political reasons, but more for just PR reasons to appease to look like you're making kind with the Muslims who are trying to blow us up. And then, by the way, over the last 16 years since they've been doing that, having the damn dinner, they're still trying to, they're still, they're still, they're still trying to blow us up. So whoever's going to dinner, the message wasn't getting around. Like, well, hey. the Muslim Americans aren't trying to blow us up, are they? No, but I, they weren't doing it for the Muslim Americans. They were doing it for the Muslims overseas to see how kind we are, to respecting their religion. The whole thing, uh, like, we're, even Bush would never say terrorists or Muslim extremists. Obama went, but oh, people, so the extremists that are our friends and not the ones that are our enemies. No, did you, there was a whole idea. Like after nine eleven, there was a whole idea. Even Bu- people forget this, but even Bush never said uh, Islamic extremists or Islamic terrorists. I mean, Trump was the first guy. Trump, the ass, was the first guy to say that. <laughs> but even Bush was very politically correct in the way he treated the Muslims and said they're friends. It's a, it's a religion of peace. He did all the same shit Obama did. People just forget about that. Well, he did invade two of their countries and slaughter a bunch of them. Oh, so. yeah, 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 yeah. That. I don't, know. I don't know if he's really a huge friend well, Obama of the was community. Fucking, Obama was fucking drawing the shit out of people in Yemen and everywhere else, in Pakistan, too. Yeah. So it's, it's an equal opportunity thing. But they always spoke kindly of the Muslim religion in general. And so they started having this fucking hummus party, what I will call the hummus party in June, where they invited you know, you know, imams in and they, they broke the fast for the end of Ramadan ceremony, had some name to it. And now Trump, in his first year, of course, decided there'll be no Ramadan, there'll be no Ramadan fast-breaking ceremony at the White House. In your face, in your terrorists. face, fucking terrorists. Uh, no tabbouleh for you. And I've uh, run out of Muslim foods. Baba be- ganoush, bean pie, bean uh. pies. And uh, and everyone's like in an uproar, like this is like the biggest slap in the face to the Muslims. Like that. 
Here's Victor's question, I think, implied in Victor's question. Victor may not be a real person even. Is there any reason why the White House should be hosting religious dinners for anybody in the first place? And wasn't it just a cheap political ploy in the first place or p- cheap PR ploy in the first place? So why <laughs> should we give a shit if we stop the fucking tradition? It does seem to be, you know, sort of a church and state thing. It's it's kind of weird, but it's also a, a celebration, which I get. I'm sure they have a Christmas dinner, and um, I think they allow the Dalai Lama in his ridiculous costume to come and <laughs> spout off a bunch of cliches while he's stoned on edibles. Fucking prick. Um I'm starting to think there's way too many extracurricular activities going on with the with the White House and the and the whole federal government. Like this baseball game, you know, God uh, forbid what happened there. But it's like, what you guys have a fucking baseball game? You have a baseball league? Like you guys are doing way too much shit. Why well, they used to fuck underage boys? So I think <laughs> I think just like trying to get a little steam, trying to get a little steam out. I just yes, there is a church to say thing. Now they do a lot of they do a number of Christian activities, whatever around the president and the White House. But that's because seventy percent of the country is Christian, and it's a huge, massive fucking voting block. Yeah, there's no Trump. Trump doesn't strike me as a very religious man, but of course he's going to do Christian shit because that's how he gets elected. There's no upside to the Muslim thing other than pure PR. It doesn't seem to be working. Well, I think it's a nice olive branch to the millions of Muslims who live in the United States. Why, uh, why olives, Matt? Most of them. Why <laughs> olives? Because that's a, a fucking Muslim thing. Yeah, it's it a, was an olive branch, but like. What do you get out of what does that get what does that get you? Like the Muslims are gonna love Trump? Like what he's looking the way he's looking at it is like I know how Trump looks at this. He's thinking like, okay, this cost me what, uh twenty eight grand. <laughs> what do I you know, I get that for Ivanka's like party kid party. What do, what the fuck do I get out of this? What do we get out of this? They still hate me yeah. afterwards. Oh, what what do the uh, Imams get out of it? Like, hey, thank you uh for the chicken dinner, <laughs> right. but uh do you wanna stop droning? The shit out of everyone now and profiting. I look at Trump. The- Trump thinks like, I think a lot like you do about, uh, at least when you're younger, about women, which is like, if I'm having a dinner, I'm getting laid. If I'm paying for dinner, I'm getting laid. Right? <laughs> Certainly <laughs> expecting to. Yes. So he's like, look, we've been doing this dinner for fucking 18 years. Would a guy put up with 18 dinners for a girl wasn't fucking giving anything back? No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm sure none of them voted for Trump. And they're never going to vote for Trump, nor are they going to like do some grandiose thing where like, hey, ISIS, listen to Trump. He's actually a great guy. We got fucking, <laughs> we got fucking falafel. He's, he's a wonderful guy. That's not happening. So why would he keep putting out money for a dinner when he's not getting anything returned? Trump is just, a, he is, we both don't like him very much, but he is an average guy. He thinks like an average guy. Yeah. I, I have no problem with him calling off the dinner. Uh, by the way, it's like he's already, you know, inciting all these people and, and uh, you know, this travel ban or whatever, which is pointless. Uh, so, yeah, the dinner at this point, it's kind of like, uh, it's, it'd be awkward to say the least. Yeah, he wouldn't show He wouldn't show up. I don't blame him for getting rid of it because it's, it's stupid. It was called by Huffington Post a slap in the face of Muslims everywhere. Uh, no, more accurately, none of them give a shit, except yeah. for the super wealthy ones that were somehow invited. Yes, exactly. All right, Victor, yes, he has your question. a bunch segment, Matt, this weekend. I'll tell you what has my panties in a bunch, and it is about a woman who wears panties, I believe. Jessica Biel. Can you name a Jessica Biel movie? Uh, she was in the Adam Sandler... Uh, she was in one Adam Sandler movie. Okay, so you can't name a Jessica Biel movie. Uh, is she an actress? She was. She was on uh, Seventh Heaven, the TV show Seventh Heaven, huh. for many years as the attractive uh, underage daughter. Too attractive, but underage daughter in the Christian show Seventh Heaven. Oh, oh! She was in the movie where uh, Adam Sandler and Kevin James were firemen, and they had to get married. 
Yeah. She, she showed didn't... her ass. It was yes. great. Yes. She has a nice ass. She has a great body. She was actually, I believe, topless in one uh, film. I forget what it's called, but she played a stripper. She was briefly topless. She's made a series of other really crazy. Oh, she movies. was in the uh, American Psycho um, prequel starring James Vanderbeek. Uh, <laughs> now you're just, now you're making shit up. Where she was also naked a lot. It is a really underrated movie. Fuck. Really? Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. If you like American Psycho, it's the same uh, director. I do like American Psycho. Uh, it's really good. Okay. I can't think of the name of it. Well, yeah, you're twisting my panties at a bunch segment. But she was naked and uh, not very good at acting. Yeah. At some point, like seven years ago, she married Justin Timberlake. Which was a very smart move on her part. By the oh, way, he seems like a good a, move. Seems like a cool dude. He's worth a fucking fortune. He's going to be worth a fortune forever because he owns a ton of shit. Can't go wrong. Probably straight, uh, super wealthy. Everyone likes him. Used to be an used to be an insane. Used to be a, uh, a Disney kids whatever the fuck it was. Masketeer with Britney Spears. People forget that uh. he was a child. He was a little child star. People forget that. But he seems like a relatively cool guy who likes black people music. In a, in a way that is not a, in a way that's not a blatantly offensive for a white for a white guy, he's kind of crossed that he's kind of crossed the divide of being like a, a Michael Jackson without offending people. Yeah. So I give him credit for that. Also, he has two hundred fifty million dollars in the bank, so he's not a bad husband. No, no. So Jessica Biel, there's a whole thing. So we've been talking about victimization today, and everyone has to find a victimization. So what do you do when you're like a fairly well off, a hot, attractive, well off, thirty three year old actress already in your own right, plus you're married to like a super wealthy, one of the most popular entertainers in the world and wealthiest musician musical entertainers in the world where do you find your victimization well she found hers in being a single not a single in being a young working mother she, mother she still, has a job yes she does she's uh makes spot appearances on a tv show and she's also filming a new movie which takes up to six weeks of work a year mm-hmm. and she has a a child matt she has a child i don't know if you know anyone who has a child but she has a child which makes her a working by the way, when a celebrity has a child, they never have a lot of kids. These people never have a lot of kids. If they're like Angelina Jolie and they want to have a lot of kids or Madonna, they have to start adopting them. Because yeah. there's no way in fuck they're going through the gestation process more than like once, maybe twice. Well, you can hire some reformed drug addict to uh, carry it and trust their, you know. To be, a sur- to be a surrogate? Yeah. Oh, side topic, sidebar. The Kardashians are offering forty-five grand for a surrogate to carry their next baby, the Kardashian Kanye baby. With a kicker, with a five grand kicker, that if the woman loses her her, her reproductive organs, she gets five she gets a five thousand dollar kicker. See right there, <laughs> that's where I, I don't want this person near my kid, let alone it growing inside of them, absorbing all their losery <laughs> mitochondria. Yeah, versus you mean Kim and Kanye's? <laughs> it's not. A, it's not. A, it's not. A, I would go. I would go outside the family for that one too. So Jessica, so Jessica Biel seems like a very she, she doesn't seem like there's anything wrong with her. She and Justin are a little liberal for my taste, but they seem like nice people. Uh, but now all of a sudden, she, on social media, she started this whole personal meme where she is like a tired, overworked, struggling working mom, just like the rest of the working moms in America. And she started posing photos like selfies. The first being a picture of how she's so crazy in the morning with her. One child, and you can imagine the domestic staff is very limited <laughs> with one child, uh, that she has to eat her breakfast in the shower. So there's a picture of her food plates, her latte and her, her, her organic apple chicken sausage in the plates in the shower. <laughs> because, you know, that's, that's how most working women have to eat their food, Matt. When they have their lattes in the morning, they have to do it in their marble tile And she showers. has so little time that she actually leaves the dirty dishes near the shower for the maid to pick up. Yeah, and she has to spend two hours composing the photo because... Wolfing down a sausage and like well, I would say most women probably eat in the car or on the train, and they're probably having a, a, like a mixed sandwich, fucking McDonald's shit, and wolfing it down because they're starving. 
So she kind of missed the whole idea of how working women have to struggle to eat bread. She failed pretty miserably at this. Yeah. Uh, so her second one, by the way, her latest one is where she's a picture of her in the driver's seat of a car sleeping. Like she's sleeping in the middle of the day because she, she, ta- she, table, she uh, titled it like Stolen Moments. How do you take a picture of yourself while you're sleeping? You can't. That's, that very likes one of the issues, <laughs> which is that clearly the driver took the photo. Clearly from the driver angle. So either the driver was was hopefully parked, but maybe been driving. Clearly they decided to take the photo of her, to send it to her because it fit her, her how tired she was from being a working mom. Mm-hmm. And then she composed it so that she could put it up as a photo of herself as a working mom. By the way, sleeping in a Range Rover, in the front seat of a Range Rover while her driver assistant was driving her. Very, very difficult times. Here's here's what he really has my panties in a bunch, man. And so everyone has to go like, oh, working mom, this is so tough. Also, like, there is really no good way for a super wealthy person, a super wealthy working mom of one child, to draw sympathy in a in a on a factual basis because either she's lying about all this, and she has, I assume, five Guatemalans living with her who take care of the child's every single need, and when she does have to go to work to film a movie. The child's probably on set with her with a nanny and the custodian and whatever the fuck else that goes on. So it's not that hard. Or she's a rich woman who's intentionally making herself suffer and her child suffer just so she can appear more, you know, more common. And I, I would argue that that's even worse than the first case. Mm-hmm. And that there is actually no good way for a person of tremendous means to try and act like the rest of blue collar, blue collar America. It's a fe- it in and of itself is offensive. Even if she believe, even if she believes she's stra- straggled, tousled hair, overworked mother for taking care of one two year old, yeah, and and the people actually, you know, living paycheck to paycheck and struggling and floating checks and stuff, uh, unlike Beale, they don't see anything real glamorous about it. No. Uh, much like guys that grew up in Compton with gunshots firing. Uh, they don't think being a, a gang member is like a hip fashion statement. <laughs> no, right. Uh, the people that actually live these things, you know. Uh, they want to be her, right? They want to be what she thinks. They want to be the rich chick yeah. with the fucking masseuse and the, and the facials. And, and the when nannies. they are her, they're going to enjoy their own life and probably not do shit to help anyone else or try and identify with when they were fucking poor and desolate. And that's just kind of how people work. So I don't get the. It's offensive to pretend. Otherwise, you know, having this life and then sort of it's, it's just a slap in the face to pretend that you're actually struggling so much so and, and getting it wrong, by the way, yes. is how you can always tell. It's like some European showing up at the brew pub like <laughs> in a flannel. You're like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, <laughs> an, obvious outside, an obvious outsider trying to pose. It's, it's a poser, it never works. Right? Yeah, it never works. Uh, who told how did she get this idea in her head? that people who are really busy eat breakfast in the shower because that is something that absolutely no one does. No, I can't imagine eating breakfast in the shower. I would actually skip breakfast before I brought sausages into the shower to eat. That just alone seems very odd and sexual in a weird, in a weird yeah. sort of way. It, does, it seems harder than just eating real quick and then getting in the shower. I never want to be naked eating sausages. I've just decided that's just never going to happen for me. The image of the water condensating, splashing onto the sausage and, and glistening... Yes, it's disgusting. Yeah, I would just yeah, I would just not eat, especially when the process of eating can be done in three minutes or less, and your makeup must take at least an hour and a half. It's <laughs> just like there's got to be. It's just wrong. I honestly think that people, the way capitalism works, is people at the bottom want to see people at the top doing much better than they are, and that makes them strive to work harder, right? To be the, they want to be the rich bitch. Yeah, the girls want to be a girl who's working the tawdry job and having to suffer wants to 
rise up so she can be the rich bitch with the nanny who helps her take care of the kids. And when you like ruin that social order, as it were, that natural order by having to be the, by the prince trying to be the pauper, it's a slap in the it's like a slap in the face to those people. And like you said, like people like rich white people idolize like the ghetto, right? How like there's so much poetry in the ghetto. Like the movies are always about how much everyone there is a natural poet, right? Just like all prisoners. If you see Orange Is the New Black, all the prisoners speak in this this poetic romantic way about their suffering mm-hmm. as opposed to just being you know meth heads who stab their their partners right they just have to be these hidden like bob dylan-esque gems of people you know yeah it's such a it's such a noble way of noble old aristocratic way of looking at the commoners of some sort of you know conceit on that fact and my pains are much because i think that she's still got ninety thousand likes on this thing but it's not from the it's not from the people she thinks she's speaking to it's from people who are more like her, the you know, sort of wealthy, privileged white women. Who are like, oh, yeah, it is hard. It, oh, I have to have my latte in the shower, too. This is like, it's crazy. You're, you're one of us. Yeah. We've, we've come to a point now when you're like, you have to apologize for your success. And successful people are really horrible at that. They're really fucking horrible at it. Just stop. Be famous. Show all the people the fabulous life you have. How your daughters have got 16 nannies. I mean, in some sense, the Kardashians are almost like, Praiseworthy in the sense that they, they flaunt their opulence. Yeah. And that's sort of what people want. It's like, oh, she's got a, a, five Ferraris. Oh, that's so awesome. Because you want rich people to be bitches. Yeah, it's sort of how I, I come to respect some Republicans in that they're total douchebags, but they're honest in their intentions. And uh, at least you know where they stand, you know? Yeah, by the way, did you see Trump, uh, his, his Secretary of Treasury... Just married his third wife, a young blonde, a young blonde woman. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> and they're all like, "Yeah, Pence is there, like doing the ceremony." Like, just there's this agreement among these guys. We're just cats and fuck it, <laughs> fuck everybody, right? There's something, there's something serene. There's something, you know, sort of peaceful about knowing that everyone's in their place, mm-hmm. and that old rich guys are acting like old rich guys, and not trying to apologize for being old rich guys who want to fuck young blonde women. Yeah, I wondered uh, how the the Secretary of Treasury, what's his name? I can't pronounce the guy's Mnuchin, name. Mnuchin. Mnuchin? Yeah. F- fuck you. Uh, so I was like, that's weird that this pretty hot younger actress married this guy who looks like a complete tool. Um, he is a, he is the Secretary of the Treasury, and he's worth about $200 million. So that might have played with But it's, just, it's also his third young blonde wife. Well, it Trump's there, like going, "Yep, yep, that's my boy, that's my boy." Yeah, I kind I kind of like shit like that. But also, I looked at numerous. What's the guy's name? Mnuchin. Mnuchin's uh, Wikipedia page, and he's a movie producer, which yes. I always love when guys like that are, uh, you know, ex-hedge uh, fund Wall Street guys or movie producers, because it's hilarious to watch them waste all their money being incompetent, not knowing what they're doing with Steven, Spiel- uh, Steven Seagal movies well, and shit like that. to be fair to Mnuchin and why he got the hot blonde wife is because he actually wasted other people's money, and he's now being investigated for perhaps, like, sh- sh- shifting some of that cash that wasn't his. To another client, to another client of his. I'm sure he's laundering all kinds of yeah, money, but what what really hurt me is I looked at his IMDb page, and he has executive produced uh, every hit movie of the last ten years. Yep. I mean, this guy's you know just on movies alone, this guy would be really well off. And so I was just wondering. At first, I thought it was strange that an actress would be marrying the Secretary of Treasury, but now you get it. It kind of makes sense. All right, that's our show for today. Uh, Matt, something you wish to, to pimp and promote? Uh, I'm at mattralston.net. 
I think if you search the site I, for Serena Williams, I wrote a thing about breaking down essentially what McEnroe said, which is I, I can't remember where I ranked her, but I, I think it would be around a thousand. Nice. Uh, so it's weird because this was a, six months ago that I wrote this. I'm going to send you a new photo of her, by the way. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, Twitter at Matthew Ralston. Um, Brian, what was the drink that you ordered? Sidecar. Yeah, the sidecar. Okay. Was it Hennessy um, mixed with an old time classic? Chill the Hennessy, cognac, and Gaetano's um, triple sec, served as a martini with a sweet sugared rim, finished with a fresh lime. And that, we, we got here at one p.m. That was that heavy. is an old drink, by the way, because all the people who drank it are dead. That's <laughs> <laughs> just the way it goes. Uh, I like to pit myself. I'm now Friday mornings. You can catch me on Blaze in the Morning Radio. That's exciting. Which I thought, by the way, was the Blade Radio, which is the gay radio network. So I was all prepared to talk about like having a cousin who was gay and like, gay-friendly stories. But it turned out it was an alt-right, just an alt-right radio network, so I had to switch up completely. Like, like, oh, yeah, I got a gay cousin. They're like, oh, this is a play. I'm like, oh, fuck him. Fuck that gay cousin. You could turn them gay. Yeah, it's true. I want to thank Rocco's in Studio City. Yay. Thank you. You guys were, fanta- you guys were fantastic today. Uh, Lex, last word. Talk to you later.